Hi, you're listening to Currently Processing. It's a show about women for women. We interview brave entrepreneurs and innovators who have overcome obstacles in their lives. We get up close and personal with topics ranging from self-care tips, the importance of mental health, and the lessons they've learned on their journey. Come along. I am your host, Risha Dallas. On today's episode, we have Lily Burgos Moye. Back in my day, we used to wear Templins and Jersey shirts and lived in Connecticut. And this is a weird intro for Lamar's Burgos Moye. I've known Lamar since she was very young and I was young with acne and overweight and more awkward than even now and we were in the same talented and gifted program back in elementary and middle school. We kind of had similar friends, it was a small class. After middle school, She went off to high school, a different high school than I did. She also moved from the city we lived in, and we lost touch. Recently, I was on Facebook, and I saw that she started a new business, so I wanted to support her. And then I contacted her for her to do a logo for Vera Organics, and she obliged, and the rest is history. Recently, she has had a collection for Shein, the fashion website. And she's also been doing a lot of commission work. She is also a photographer on the side with her husband. And she's an all around cool person. Without further ado, here is the episode I did on Lily. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. Can you tell the viewers a little bit about yourself? I am Lily Burgos, proud Puerto Rican, you can say. I currently reside in Waterbury. I've been living here since I was 15. It was quite an adjustment, to say the least. I am a full-time artist. I do freelance work, commission work, and I'm an indie designer. That's pretty much me in a nutshell now with what I'm doing. And did you go to high school in Waterbury? I did. I went to Central Magnet in Bridgeport as a freshman, and then my parents decided to move, and we went to John F. Kennedy High School in Waterbury, and I felt like I had to be a freshman again. It was not the experience that I wanted at all. As a freshman, you know how that goes. It's one of those things like you're trying to find yourself, you're trying to find your friends and, mm-hmm. and kind of see where you kind of fit. And I felt like I had to do that twice. And although I, I developed friendships in high school, I don't feel like I really allowed myself to be free in a sense. I felt very reserved. Like if you knew me, you knew my personality. But if you did not know me in any capacity, you would think that I was very shy, quiet and to myself. And were you reserved the entire time for high school? Yes and no. I, it, I think it depends on who I was around. If I felt comfortable, then they would essentially see me. I had this perception that I didn't want to be from Waterbury. I wanted to be a proud Bridgeport kid and 
there's a lot of misconceptions about kids from Bridgeport or people from Bridgeport in general. But I feel proud. I feel proud of being number one from Connecticut, but also being raised in Bridgeport. It allowed me to become a strong, independent individual overall. It just helped mold me as a person. Yeah, if the viewers don't already know, we went to elementary and middle school together. Yes. In Bridgeport. So we both grew up in Bridgeport. And then obviously she moved. And then I also moved from Bridgeport to Seymour, or as I like to call it, see less. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Did you always know that you wanted to be an artist? No, I actually wanted to be a veterinarian. And then I realized I can't put an animal to sleep. Like this is not for me. I feel it's just such a strong connection with animals. So just the thought of having to go through that process or be responsible for the loss of a pet. No, ma'am. Not me. And going into high school, I feel like it was always instilled in me that art is a hobby. It's not Mm -hmm. something that you can commit a career out of. And I wish that I would have stuck with it. I've done art my whole life. I feel even in first grade, I remember making an illustration book that won first place. But again, growing up with parents that were hard workers and not to say that they wouldn't have supported me, but the idea was to get a nine to five, to work hard, to save up for retirement. Being an artist, I feel depending on what you do, it's not necessarily consistent. And that could be scary for people. I remember taking one marketing class in high school and I was just like, yep, I love this. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to go do that. And I got my degree in marketing, but... I minored in art. I took every art class under the sun. And even to this day, I look back and say, like, I wish I would have went to school for art. Mm -hmm. Although I appreciate marketing, it has helped me in many different ways. It's not necessarily what I do now, but having an educational background with art, I feel like would have helped me in a different way. But as a self-taught artist, I'm proud. I'm proud of where I am now and how I am developing. I'm always learning. I'm even attending a workshop tomorrow on being an artist and being in business and sales and, and be more visible in that way. So I'm excited about that. But being an artist, like when I was younger, I had so many different dreams of what I wanted to be and, and who I wanted to be. I would have never thought at 31 that I would quit my full-time job to do art full-time. Was there some pushback from your parents about quitting your nine to five? A little bit. My dad, he's a risk taker. He's one that he's just like, hey, you know, whatever you do, I'll back you up on it and I'll support you regardless. His concern was more so like, how are you going to get insurance? Like, are you going to be able to like, what if you get sick? That type of thing. And I'm like, I got that covered. My husband works for the state, so I don't have to worry about that. And for my mom, I think it was just like the fear of doing something different. My mom has worked in her job for, I want to say, almost like 15, 20 years. It's been a long time. And the idea of doing something different where essentially there's no security. Being an entrepreneur, there is no security mm-hmm. in terms of knowing, you know, I'm gonna, am I going to be successful forever? Is the money going to flow in forever? Like, no, you don't know. <laughs> but the same can go as working a nine to five. One day you can come in and they decide that they want to downsize and you're the first one out. Mm-hmm. Who knows? So you just never know. I'd rather take a chance on doing something that I enjoy than working for someone else and and feeling, I don't want to use the word miserable, but. (laughs) Trapped? Something along those lines. Yes, like trapped, trapped for sure. 
ironically, I got my degree in marketing, but I worked in higher education. And not once did I say like, I want to move into teaching. Like, no, I don't want to be a teacher. I don't want to do anything in that capacity. (laughs) But I worked in higher education. So it's like, okay. (laughs) I often feel like with education, a lot of people who didn't end up in it in college ended up in it in their late 20s. Because even I went to school for TV film production. And I was terrible at that, by the way. And I really should have done photography, but I don't feel going to college for photography is worth it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people are just at the point where they don't know what to do with themselves. And they're like, okay, I might as well teach. (laughs) When you do your art, where do you get your inspiration from? Everything. As weird as it sounds, I could walk into a store and see an assortment of fruit and want to paint something using those colors. And colors to me, they just have such a deep connection. Like I'll go to the supermarket and I'll see flowers and it feels like they call me and they're just like, hey, I need you to buy me. I know you like these colors. You know, you can do something or create something with that. But just anything, even sitting outside, looking at the sunset, being around a group of people and and how they make me feel if I feel angry that translates into my art a lot of times like if I'm upset or if I'm not in the right mood or the right Mm -hmm. mental state I don't create and not because I can't but because I don't find beauty in that and if it's a commission piece at that I don't want to transfer my negative energy into their own home so I try to be mindful of that but it doesn't matter however I feel or what I see I, I get inspired and I just start doodling until something comes to mind and just be like, oh yeah, I can take it this way and go in this direction. Do you incorporate your Puerto Rican heritage into your art? Absolutely. I love flowers in general, but the hibiscus flower is, I would say it's the national flower of Puerto Rico. And outside of roses, that's my default flower where I like to draw or create with. But overall in Puerto Rico, I've been to Puerto Rico a ton of times. And every time I like to take pictures of the natural state of Puerto Rico, not the construction or the the new properties and things of that sort. So Mm -hmm. I use color from the island in almost all of my paintings or drawings. There's always a little spice of maybe a red or vibrant pink or an ocean blue. What colors have you (laughs) used recently? I'm trying to think what was my, well, lately I've been working on a lot of commission pieces. So I feel like it's one of those things where I have to work through the lens of someone else. And although I can have my creative touch, I haven't necessarily been using the colors that speak to my soul and what I want to create. But recently, I actually did a little piece for Rosa Parks and a lot of like a vibrant pink and the yellows and the blues. I was so excited about it. And I tend to gravitate towards those colors. I also like neutral colors. Mm -hmm. And when I think of neutral colors, I think of the sand or just earthy colors in general. I'm always trying to tap into that color scheme in some way. I know a lot of times it, it depends on someone's aesthetic on whether or not what I create fits with their home office or whatever. But if it's not a commission piece, I I use very vibrant, bright colors or the total opposite, very like neutral and subtle. What's your favorite medium? Paint? Are you into digital art? I've been doing a lot of digital art now, just based on the demand from the commission request that I've been getting. But 
painting is my medium. I use acrylic. I've been dabbling into different techniques. I like a lot of texture in paintings. If you've ever seen a painting in person, you would see all of the texture on there, just like the dimension. I just feel like it adds more meaning to it. I want to paint more. I, I feel like I haven't done that in in the past few months, the last commission piece it was a Friends theme type painting. When you saw the painting, you would know that it's the TV show Friends, but she didn't want any faces. So that was like the last official painting that I did. But I've been playing around with doing more textured roses for this upcoming paint night that I have on Valentine's Day. And I'm super excited because I don't have a, a pre-laid out plan of what I want to paint. I just want to, whatever I feel, it's going to be rose based, but it's just like, hey, we're going to paint together. We're going to feel it. We're going to enjoy it. And that's pretty much my thing. But my medium would be acrylic paint. So just painting in general. When you look at your pieces on Instagram and Facebook. Why are you so interested in the female form? I feel like women are beautiful and I just get inspired by the female form in general. I think as a woman, it could just be from my lens, but I, I feel like we are not appreciated in our natural state to some capacity. Like societal norms expect you to be this trophy wife or this idea of mm -hmm. someone. And I just like the rawness of the female body and just being able to bring that to light. A lot of times, like if I do have a female form or figure in my paintings or my digital art, it's because it's just like a reminder that I am a woman, I am fierce, I am strong, and I'm always beautiful. And just also a reminder to myself because there's days where I don't feel the best. I feel ugly or I feel overweight or I feel whatever it is that doesn't necessarily make us feel good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just draw to just remind myself that it doesn't matter what you look like or your body type, shape etc. It's just overall reminding that you are a woman. You can essentially bear children. That's a, That's a task thing. of its own. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And it's just the thought of something growing in you. No man can do that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Women are just beautiful creatures. You said that you used to be kind of uncomfortable with yourself. Did your female form also change when you started to be more comfortable with yourself? Yes and no. A lot of times the figures that I create, I would say they're also based off of what I want to see myself look like in a sense, or just to try to emulate that vision as a motivation. But I feel like I started to steer away from drawing female forms and just adopting women that are fierce or I do a lot of women's faces. Most of the times I never draw eyes. Not that I can't. But they say that your eyes are the windows to your soul. But I feel like when you take away your sight, you have to feel everything in a different way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It just amplifies the sense of feeling. I just love creating in that aspect where I don't want someone to see something. I want them to feel it as well. Where do you want to take your art? That's a good question. <laughs> You're still thinking about it? Yes, 
I was actually talking to my husband because it's just like, where do I want to go with this? Do I want to do a lot of commission work? Do I just want to create what I feel? Do I want just like collections based off of whatever I'm inspired to create? Like at this point, I'm not sure where I want to take my art, but I know for a fact that I'm excited that I am taking this leap of faith and it's allowing me to kind of tap into something new, something different. I... I love creating in general. It, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be the simplest thing, like putting together a table. It's just like, right, we're going to put this table together. It came from a whole bunch of just random parts and piecing it together and making it into something. But in terms of taking my art, overall, my goal is to be a prominent artist in the industry itself, to be well-known. You know, when people see my work, they can recognize it and say, oh, that's Lily Burbos. I want to be the Puerto Rican Picasso where, you know, you can walk in and be like, I know that artist. I know mm-hmm. her. How is it being a woman in the art scene? As a woman, I feel like I have to work a little harder to be visible, to get that exposure, to be respected. I feel like as a Latina woman with a unique name, that also made it difficult. It, it forced me to work double than what Paul or whomever can do mm. in that capacity. Overall, I feel like everyone has like their own unique style. They have their own niche. What makes them different? I feel like we know more about male artists than we do women. Like if someone were to say, name 10 famous women artists, you're like, okay, let me think about this. Um, There's so-and-so, blah, blah, whatever. But for a male, they're like, name 10 male famous artists. They're just like, oh, there's Picasso. There's Michelangelo. There's so-and-so. There's this. And you're like, okay, great. And it just, for me, it just reinforces the fact that we need women to be more visible in every industry, but also as artists in general. Do you have any advice or suggestions for other minority women who want to get in the art arena? I think feeling confident, finding your niche, but also just remembering that it gets hard before it gets easy. And what I mean by that is be vulnerable, be open to criticism and really just push yourself like this is who I am. I am Latina. I am proud. And this is my work and and go from there. Last year, you collaborated with Xi'an. How did that all happen? Did you reach out? Did they reach out? So they have a program where they take designers, like indie designers, and do a collaboration. My husband's cousin reached out to me and she was like, hey, I was shopping on Shein and I saw this and I thought of you. So I was like, okay. I just put my Instagram handle and my email and I was just like, hey, this is who I am. I'm a Latina artist. And yeah, if you like my work, then let's talk business. And that was that. They liked the fact that I was a Latina artist. They were looking for more diversity in terms Mm -hmm. of designers. I've never designed not a damn thing related to clothing in my life. So this was very foreign to me where they were like, oh, you have to know these dimensions. You got to do this. And I'm like, okay. Google, how do you do this? What does this mean? Go to YouTube University. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. So I made it work and I was super excited. I didn't necessarily anticipate anything happening from it. To be honest with you, it was just one of those things where I was just like, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and whatever happens, happens. And they hit me up and I connected with them and it went from there. And never have I imagined having any of my work on clothing, but to also see my collection on people from 
different parts of the world is just beyond me. And I'm very proud of that. Even recently, I launched the plus size in some of my signature shirts and my main shirt, which is a, a woman, of course, her eyes are covered with flowers and she has a lot of island colors. She's tan, very beautiful. That shirt sold out within the week. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is real life right now. This is happening. <laughs> So it was definitely an experience and and I do enjoy the opportunity. Eventually, I, I'm going to venture out into something else. I feel like as an entrepreneur, having different streams of income is also important mm -hmm. just to make sure that you're sustainable because a lot of times with any business, it could be seasonal, but you'll have your peak periods and then it'll slow down. So it's just making sure that you're staying afloat and you're constantly creating anything that will allow you to just maintain a sense of revenue. How do you price your commission work? It depends on what it is. I feel like digital work, I, I tend to price a little lower than paintings. Paintings can take weeks, months, depending on the complexity or what it is exactly. But pricing can be hard. I feel like I started really dabbling into art professionally last year or at the start of the pandemic. So in 2020, <laughs> that's when I just took advantage. I'm like, you know what? I'm working from home. I'm, I can create. I can do more. I really want to paint more. I want to draw. I feel like I stopped doing that for a long time. And when I started, I was pricing my products relatively low just to see what would sell, kind of playing around in that aspect. But now for commission pieces, paintings and things of that sort, I break it down this way. Like if you're expecting uh, 18 by 24 painting with a lot of detail for 30 bucks, go to Burlington Coat Factory because you're not getting that from me. And you know, when you think about it, if we do the math, if, let's say if something took me 20 hours to do and I charge you $30, what are you making per hour? Like no one wants mm -hmm. that. And now just thinking about it, I'm like, well, what is the math? What is the math for that? But you're getting paid like less than a dollar an hour, mm -hmm. roughly. Yeah. And no one wants to do that. And that that's what I tried to pitch. Like, your price is your price. And feeling confident in that. A lot of times, like at first, I felt hesitant to charge someone $100 for something or $300 or whatever the case may be, because I didn't feel confident in myself. But then as I continued progressing and realized like, Lily, what are you doing? We're not doing that. Like, no, if you want something from me, if you want my artwork, this is what I feel like I'm valued at this moment. And my price is my price. And even with family, sometimes you often get like, oh, I'd really like this digital print. I'll pay for it. Like I would hope, you know, nothing in life mm -hmm. is free and also not my painting, like support me. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. And in terms of price point, it depends. I try to stay competitive realistically. The way I see art, art is a luxury. It's not something that's a necessity. You don't need art. You don't need art in a house. It's something that you want. It's something that you feel some form of connection to, or even if it's just for it to be aesthetically pleasing in, in any way, but it's a luxury. So if you want luxury, you better pay. I like that. And the last question, since the show is called Currently Processing, Lily, what are you currently processing? So I've been working in higher education, I would say close to eight years, switching from higher education to being an artist. Although it may seem simple, what I'm processing right now is how do I measure myself? I'm so used to being measured by goals, numbers, different metrics, things of that sort. 
how am I measuring myself in my day-to-day? Like, am I being productive? Like even today, I'm like, was I productive today? What did I do? I know I have all of these things that I have to accomplish. And I think it's just finding that balance and slowly starting to step away from being in that nine to five mentality where I feel like I have to be productive every minute by the minute, doing something, producing something. Otherwise, I'm not fulfilling my day-to-day goals. And the reality is it's like, you don't have to think that way. It's it's not necessarily like you don't measure art in that way. I can produce 16 pieces within the hour, but are they quality work? Is it something that I enjoy? Do I love them? Or am I just creating just to do something and, and get it out there? So Right now, finding like a healthy balance to kind of step away from that traditional structure that I'm used to into doing something that's, I would say, a little more free. And don't get me wrong, it's a business. There has to be a sense of structure. You have to have measurable goals um, day to day. You want to make sure that you're sustaining, (laughs) you're making money. But in the same breath, art is a little different. You know, it's it's not necessarily a product that I can just produce in, in that moment. I have to bake the cake in the oven a little bit before I, I have like the finished product itself. So it's been it's been a lot to, to take in. I think transitioning has helped me look at things differently. It also reminded me how much I was in such a bad mental state. <laughs> for the last few years and how I feel a little more liberated and just free. But with that, I've always been like one of those, if I was in sales, like the top salesman, like the high achiever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never liked to do like the bare man. I didn't want to do enough just to stay afloat or just to stay under the radar, that type of thing. I like to learn. I like to grow. I, I want to grow professionally. So in this capacity, it is a little bit different. And I feel like I do need to like reframe my mindset, like my work ethic overall with this new role because it is night and day. And do you have anything coming up art-wise? I do. I have quite a few. I have a new collection launching on Valentine's Day, ironically. And then I'm also going to be featured in a fashion show on February 20th. So that should be up and running. Anyone will have a chance to see that. I also am working on coming up with an NFT collection. That's something that I've been trying to do a lot of research for. It's very foreign to me. I'm still trying to get a better understanding of what it means, what platforms to use, things of that sort. And it's been quite an adventure. But again, YouTube, thank you for... For your help and trying to understand that that's another avenue that I'm, I'm looking to take but for this upcoming year I'm doing a little bit more of like mixed mediums and you'll see a lot more paintings than digital work which I'm super excited about and I can't wait but also in the near future we're looking to open up a studio my husband's a photographer and of course It would be a photography slash art studio. So I can't wait. Even doing the upcoming paint night. That's something I'm I'm excited about. Also nervous because I feel like I'm gonna be talking to myself. So I'm gonna be like, haha, okay, great. (laughs) I'm excited. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. And I think it's going to allow everyone to kind of tap into their inner artist, but also to feel free and and connected to what we're doing. It's not necessarily like a couple's thing. It's more of self-love and just loving yourself, who you are, and kind of embracing that. 
Totally. Sounds awesome. Thank you so much for listening, for sitting down and talking to me. You can follow Lily on social media. All of her details will be in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, consider becoming a subscription member, sharing it with a friend, or leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. To get all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Currently Processing Podcast. Thanks again, and I'll see you soon.